When the ta'ats are done without an intention or intended for Allah's sake, blessings are given. When one does a ta'at, it will be accepted whether one knows or not that one is doing it for Allah's sake. If a person does a ta'at knowing that he does it for Allah's sake, it is called qurbat. While doing an action which is qurbat, one does not have to intend so the rewards will be given. The ta'at in which it is necessary to intend for Allah's sake so that rewards are given is called ibadat or worshipping. The abdast or ritual ablution that is performed without an intention is not an act of worshipping, but it is qurbat. However, one has cleaned oneself and can now perform namaz. It is understood that every act of worship is qurbat and ta'at. Reading the Quran al-Karim, donating property as a waqf, emancipating a slave, giving alms, making a wudu, and the like, since an intention is not necessary in order to receive blessings, are ta'at and qurbat. Yet, they are not acts of worship. While doing an action which is a ta'at or qurbat, if one intends for Allah's sake, one has done an act of worship. However, they are not commanded as acts of worship. It is not qurbat, but it is ta'at to learn such branches of knowledge as physics, chemistry, biology, and astronomy, which help men to know Allah. Unbelievers comprehend Allah's existence, not while learning them, but after learning them. It is a sin to perform any ta'at with a bad intention. Beautiful thoughts increase the reward of a ta'at. For example, it is ta'at to be in a mosque. It will be more rewarding if one intends to visit the house of Allah, thinking that the mosque is the house of Allah. Also, if one intends to wait for the next prayer or stays inside the mosque to prevent one's eyes and ears from committing sins or goes into seclusion to think about the next world or to mention Allah's name in a mosque or perform Amri Maruf and Nahi Munkar by teaching people about Allah's commands and prohibitions or to listen to preachers or to strive to feel embarrassment before Allah one will receive different rewards for each act depending on one's intention. Every ta'at has various intentions and rewards. Ibn Abidin explains these while explaining how to send a proxy to Mecca for pilgrimage. Every mubah is a ta'at when done with good will. It is a sin when done with ill will. If a person uses perfumes, dresses well and smartly in order to enjoy worldly benefits, to make a show, to boast, to cherish himself, or to hunt girls and women, he will be sinful. He won't be tormented for his intention to enjoy worldly advantages, yet it will cause the blessings of the next world to decrease. He will be tormented, however, for his other intentions. If this person dresses smartly and uses perfumes because it is a sunnat, if he intends to pay reverence to a mosque and not to hurt the Muslims who sit by him in the mosque, to be clean, to be healthy, to protect Islam's dignity and honor, he receives different rewards for each of these intentions of his. Some scholars say that one shouldn't forget to make an intention for every muba action, even before eating, drinking, sleeping, and going to the water closet. One should be careful about one's intention when beginning a muba action. If one's intention is good, one should do that act. If the intention is not for Allah, one shouldn't do it. It is declared in Hadith-i-Sharif, 
Allah Ta'ala does not look at your beautiful faces or possessions. He looks at your hearts and deeds. That is, Allah Ta'ala doesn't give anybody rewards or gifts in consideration of his new clean clothes, good deeds, possessions, and rank. He gives him rewards or torments because of his thoughts or the intention behind his actions. Then, the thing which is of the highest necessity, which is the most important fard for every Muslim, is to learn Iman, the fards and the harams. There is no Islam unless these are learned. Iman cannot be maintained. The debts of Allah and to human beings cannot be paid. Intentions and morals cannot be corrected and purified unless the basic principles of Islam are learned. Unless correctly intended, no fard will be accepted. It was declared in a hadith in Ad-Dur al-Muqtar, learning or teaching knowledge for one hour is more blessed than worshipping until morning. The author of the book Hadarat al-Quds states on the 99th page, I studied the books Bukhari, Mishkat, Hidayah, and Sheri Muakif under Imam Mirabani's supervision. He would encourage young people to acquire knowledge. Knowledge first and tasawuf next, he would say. Noticing my shirking from knowledge and taking pleasure from tariqat, he pitied me and advised me, read books, acquire knowledge. An ignorant man of tasawuf will be a plaything in the hands of the devil. That is, he will fall into disesteem. It is called ibadat, worship, to do the fards and sunnats and to avoid the harams and makrus. That is, to observe the rules of Islam in order to attain Allah Ta'ala's love and receive thawab, rewards. There is no worship without an intention. In other words, it is necessary first to have iman and then to learn and observe the rules of Islam in order to follow Rasulullah, Hadrat Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. To have iman means to begin following him, Rasulullah, and to enter through the door of happiness. Allah Ta'ala sent him to invite all the people of the world to happiness and declared in the 28th ayat of Surah As-Saba, O my beloved Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, I send you to humanity so that you should give the good news of the endless bliss to all the people in the world and to guide them along this way to happiness. For example, a short midday sleep of a person who adapts himself to him is much more valuable than spending many nights worshipping without following him. It was his honorable habit to perform kailula, that is to sleep for a while before the noon. Also, not fasting on the feast day, but eating and drinking because his shariat commands it is more valuable than years of fasting that doesn't exist in his shariat. A small amount given to the poor, according to his shariat, which is called zakat, is better than giving a pile of gold coins as big as a mountain with one's own wish. After performing a morning prayer in Jamaat, Hadrat Umar, the Amir al-Mu'mineen, looked at the Jamaat and seeing that one of the regulars was absent, he asked where he was. His companion said, he prays until morning at nights, maybe he fell asleep. The Amir al-Mu'mineen said, I wish he had slept all the night and performed the morning prayer in congregation. It would have been better. Those who have deviated from the ahkam e islamiyah blunt their nafs by subjecting themselves to inconveniences and by striving hard. Yet this is worthless and low because they don't do it compatibly with the ahkam e islamiyah the benefit for these efforts of theirs, if there is any, consists in a few worldly advantages. Then, in fact, this world is worthless. Therefore, what could be the value of any part of it? These people are like dustmen, 
Dustmen work harder and become more tired than anybody else, but their wages are lower than anybody else's. As for those who adapt themselves to the Ahkam i Islamia, they are like jewelers who deal with fine jewels and precious diamonds. They do a little work, but their earnings are great. Sometimes an hour's work provides them a hundred thousand years' earning. The reason for this is that an action compatible with the Ahkam i Islamia is accepted and liked by Allah Ta'ala. He loves it. He declares in many places of the Quran al Karim that this is so. For example, he declares in the 31st ayat of Surah Ali Imran, O my beloved Prophet, وسلم, tell them, if you love Allah Ta'ala, and if you want Allah Ta'ala to love you in turn, adapt yourselves to me. Allah Ta'ala loves those who adapt themselves to me. Allah Ta'ala does not like any of the things that are incompatible with the Ahkam i Islamia. Is it possible that rewards will be given for the things that are disliked? Maybe they will bring about punishment. Allah Ta'ala declares in the Quran al Karim, in the 80th ayat of the Surat al Nisa, that obedience to Hadrat Muhammad is obedience to him. Then, unless his messenger is obeyed, he will not be obeyed. In order to make it known that this is absolutely certain and clear, he declared in an ayati karima, of course it is certainly so. Thus he gave no opportunity for some people who cannot think properly to see these two orders as obediences different from each other. Again, stating dissatisfaction with those who look on these two obediences as two different things, in the 150th and 151st ayats of Surah Nisa, of the Quran al Karim, Allah Ta'ala declares The disbelievers want to differentiate Allah's commands from His Prophet's commands. They say they believe in certain parts, but not in others. They want to establish a new path between belief and disbelief. All of them are disbelievers. For all of them, we have prepared hell with very bitter torments. Endless Bliss, First Fascicle, Chapter 3. Attaining endless bliss requires being a Muslim. To be a Muslim, no formality is necessary, such as going to a mufti or imam. It is stated in the twelfth chapter of Makamat-i-Mazhariya, it will be enough to say, I believe Allah Ta'ala and His Messenger and all the messages He, the Prophet, brought from Allah Ta'ala. I love the friends of Allah Ta'ala and His Messenger and hate their enemies. It is scholars' duty to prove every religious teaching with documents and to indicate the ayati karimas and hadithi sharifs that are its sources. Not every Muslim is encumbered with it. As is stated in Ibn Abidin's book at the end of the chapter entitled The Disbeliever's Marriage, it is not a condition for an old man who becomes a Muslim to be circumcised at once. Some scholars say that it is even permissible not to circumcise him since Circumcision does not legitimize the exposing of one's private parts. It is written in the book Al-Hadika and Berika that old or unhealthy men who become Muslims will not be circumcised if they can't stand its pain. Dr. Najmuddin Arif Bey says in his book Ameli Jerahi, published in Istanbul, the Jews circumcise their boys when they are seven days old, but Muslim boys are circumcised at any age. Many Christians in Europe and in the United States have themselves and their boys circumcised, thinking that it is good for their health. This is written also in the book Fan-i-Hitan by Dr. Riza Nurbey, who was a deputy 
of Sinop.